Hello, 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 hello. I am solo now. I am MikeFarrellSports.com, at MFarrellSports on Twitter, yada, yada, on and on. I'll be doing podcasts too. So this one is my first one. It's just me talking to me and talking to you. And as you see, there's some cool stuff in my background. Helmets are my addiction. But let's start with Florida State. So I have a handle called at Feral Portal, which covers the transfer portal. And, you know, I have somebody who helps me with it, who we're going to be doing podcasts on it, Mark Bashanik, um, who just is amazing with the data when it comes to portal information. You know, who's going in, who's going out, but also how many teams from group of five, how many teams from uh, how many players from group of five, how many players from power five, who's going where, who's landing where. You should see the spreadsheet. It's amazing. And came up with something the other day, which stunned me, actually. 18 players since August 1st from Florida State have gone into the portal. Two of them, scholarship players, have landed at Power 5 schools. One's a kicker, so that kind of doesn't count to me. Uh, and the other is Chubba Purdy, uh, quarterback. The other 16 can't find a home in the Power 5. And that's crazy. So what has happened to Florida State is the question and we know, you know, a few things. We know Jimbo Fisher wanted out. We know he mailed it in his last year. Uh, we know he didn't recruit well or care as he had a foot out the door and was headed to Texas A&M. We know Willie Taggart was a bad hire. He didn't recruit well either. It was surprising. I thought he would with his ties down there. Um, and now Mike Norvell's come in and he came in in COVID. His first recruiting year, he couldn't even go to see kids. Um this is how a program can fall so fast. And it's really kind of scary because back in the day, you know, before the portal and, and before national recruiting and before, you know, all the coverage of high school football recruiting and, and how it's reached, um, you know, national levels, this would never happen. But now you've got schools coming into the state of Florida like crazy. And they have been for over a decade, probably 15 years. You got kids coming into uh, the Southeast. I mean, uh, programs coming into the Southeast like crazy, um, you know, recruiting more than they ever have. And if you have a sign of weakness or show one sign of weakness, uh, and Florida State obviously showed a couple of those with Jimbo out the door, you can be ruined. Um, you know, I'm not going to use Miami as an example. You know, Miami is a different situation as to how quickly they fell. Uh, but they didn't fall this far. This is just alarming. Now, again, should we really be <laughs> indicting Florida State on the players that they're purging from their roster that aren't good? No, this isn't Norvell's fault. You know, again, he came in in a COVID year. He's done a solid job recruiting, I think. Uh, and he's got them on the right track. They're a few years away from being good, though, Florida State fans. Do not question me about that. You're not ready for Clemson or really uh, some other teams in, in your own division um, in the ACC. It's going to take a little bit of a while, but it's definitely an indictment on Jimbo. It's definitely an indictment on Taggart. Bad hire will set you back. And it used to be if you made a bad hire at a big-time program, you could recover, not in this day and age. Um, you look at Tennessee, same thing. I think 14 players and one guy has landed at a Power 5 program. They're, they're purging as well. Josh Heupel's purging as well. Um, you know, not as horrible a situation as Florida State when it comes to hires. Uh, 
not as quick a fall. I mean, they've been falling forever. Um, but, you know, these guys on your roster that are not power five level prospects really show up on Saturdays. And you could tell the lack of depth. And that's why you lose games. That's why you lose games in the second half. Um, and Oregon, on the opposite side, Mario Cristobal is a tremendous recruiter. Miami fans should be very excited about him. All their kids landed power five. It's crazy. And, 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 and you know, Kingsley Suomatoa landed at BYU. That's not power five. It's independent, but might as well be power five. So on the opposite end of the spectrum is, you know, Dan Lanning is getting a really good roster. And he's getting a very good program to inherit. And we'll see what he does with it. And Chris Ball did a great job at Oregon. But Florida State, disaster. Tennessee, less of a disaster. But these, these numbers are very interesting. We're going to dig into other teams uh, as we go through. And, and it's going to be endless data at Feral Portal. Just listen. I know you followed another one, another account. Well, that was us. So follow this one now and you're going to see so much portal information. It's crazy. Um, other talking points. So I want to go through the divisions uh, of the Power Five conferences. Let me pull them up here and just pick a sleeper. I've been doing this in article form, you know, recently. Uh, I think it's interesting fodder in the off season. I think it's interesting to talk about in the, you know, spring when there's nothing else to talk about except for spring football. So let's take a look at the ACC Atlantic. Who would be a sleeper here? Who, oops, sorry. My phone's going to be blown up. So, um, you know, how do you pick a sleeper? Wake Forest last year won the division. NC State finished second. Clemson, of course, is the favorite. You got Louisville, Florida State, Syracuse, and Boston College. I'm going to go with Boston College. Phil Dracovic's back. Lost some offensive line help for sure, but they always replenish at the offensive line. They can run the football. Defense, a little underrated. Last year, they were outscored badly in the ACC, and they went 2-6 and six under Jeff Halfley. 6-6 six and six overall. Um, they have to, you know, change a few things. And a lot of people had them as a sleeper last year. But I don't think you can consider NC State or Wake Forest a sleeper right now. Um, you know, so you have to pick amongst Louisville, Florida State, Syracuse, and BC. And, and, and I feel most comfortable with, you know, Boston College, uh, their, their balance in the run-pass game. You know, let's be real, they're not going to win the division. But keep an eye on them. They're going to be fun to watch. Uh, in the Coastal, so Pitt won it last year. Miami, are they ever a sleeper? I don't know. Virginia Tech, Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Duke. I'm not counting North Carolina as a sleeper here. That's ridiculous. They should have won it last year, and their defense was horrible. And Sam Howell regressed a bit. So who's it going to be? It can't be Georgia Tech. It can't be Duke. They're not going to win. Virginia? Yeah, that's my pick. Virginia with, with Brennan Armstrong. They've got a sneaky, talented roster, and a lot of people don't realize it. I know Tony Elliott's a new coach. He's never been a head coach. There's a question mark there, but Virginia is my choice. Now, obviously, feel free to chime in anytime you want in comments or whatever, if I'm way off in your opinion, but those are my two. Now, the Big 12 is one ugly average conference, not that average. I mean, they were pretty good last year. You got two 12-win teams in Oklahoma State and Baylor, and then Oklahoma won 11, so it's not bad. But who would be a sleeper there? You know, Iowa State was supposed to have a great season. They didn't. Um, 
of course, of course it's Texas. And yes, I do consider them a sleeper. They were five and seven last year. They sucked. They lost to Kansas at home. They sucked. So, you know, I don't care about their status as, you know, multi-time national champions and recruiting top tens and all this other garbage. They haven't been good in forever. They haven't been good since Mac Brown was there. You know, Herman wasn't good. Charlie Strong was a bad hire. And now you got Sark already under pressure. They can be good. Depends on if Quinn Ewers is the legit real deal. With that arm, he is. Um, and he's going to win the job over Hudson Card. I mean, that's not even a question. He transferred in there for a reason. Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy, they've got offensive talent. Defensive, not bad. Uh, I think they're solid. You know, um, they gave up too many points last season, but that could change. Uh, so they're my sleeper in a Big 12. Let's move on to perhaps a little bit sexier division and conference in the Big 10. You know, so you had Big 10 East, Michigan won it last year. Ohio State's the favorite this year for sure. Michigan State, watch out for them. They're the team. Now, Ohio State's probably going to win it, right? But Mel Tucker is a tremendous coach. Peyton Thorne is a developing quarterback. They lost Kenneth Walker, the third, yes, but they have two running backs and transfer running backs. And I especially like Jalen Berger from Wisconsin as a potential star there. Um, defense is where it's going to happen. They need to step up their defense. They gave up more than 25 points last year game. They got croaked by Ohio State. It was ugly. They got croaked by Purdue. So they have to shore up the defense. But I don't feel comfortable with Penn State. I don't feel comfortable with Michigan. And they're not a sleeper. They won it last year. And Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana. Rutgers was tempting. But we all know they're not going to win the division. And they were 5-8 and eight last year. So I'm not going to go with them. Big Ten West. Iowa won it last year. Minnesota, Wisconsin, right up there. Purdue. Aiden O'Connell. Lots of weapons. Yes, they lose David Bell. Um, but they've got a talented roster. And their defense is actually not so bad. They gave up 291 points last year, 198 in conference. That's not great, but it was better than, you know, many teams. I mean, Ohio State gave up 189 in conference. Um, so I think Purdue's the team to watch here as a sleeper. And it wouldn't surprise me at all, at all, if they ended up winning this division. I mean, Wisconsin should, I think, win it. Um, Minnesota's good, certainly. Iowa, always steady. Uh, everybody else sort of also ran. Illinois, Nebraska, Northwestern was miserable last year uh, in a big drop back year. But keep an eye on Purdue for me here. Let's move down to the Pac-12 because I'm going to save the SEC for last because that's the way it's alphabetically set up here anyway. So Pac-12 North, Oregon's the favorite. We all know that. Washington State was 7-6 and six last year. It's not bad, right? Oregon State, Cal, Washington, Stanford, some really bad football teams in here. So who are you going to pick? I don't know. I'm going to go Washington. I mean, four and eight, right? They've got some quarterback talent. they got to figure out if Dylan Morris is the guy. Um, you know, I think their defense should be better than it is. They gave up 225 points last year in conference. That should not happen. They've, they've got, you know, Savelle Smalls and some other stars on the defensive side of the ball. So I look for them to be, you know, the team that is a potential sleeper. You know, Washington State, of course, they're intriguing. My phone. Um, and, and nobody else really intrigues me in here. I mean, Stanford is, it could bounce back, but three and nine, two and seven. So give me 
the Washington Huskies here. Um, and I think Oregon's going to take a step back. I really do. Uh, I think Cristobal did a great job. I like Dan Lanning. First time head coach, though, you have to worry about that and, and how he can handle things. Pac-12 South. Utah Utes are the favorite. They should be. Can USC be a sleeper? Yeah, they were four and eight last year. They sucked. Just like Texas. They're my sleeper. You know, it's not UCLA. It's USC. Caleb Williams changes things immediately. Uh, obviously, Mario Williams, great wide receiver potential. Uh, Lincoln Riley and his offense. USC is going to push. Utah's too strong. Not going to lose that division. But give me USC to be that sort of dark horse surprise team. And again, how does USC sneak up on people? They won't. But they are bad enough to be in this category, which is kind of sad. Texas and USC should never be in this category. SEC East, Georgia. Favorite, of course. I pick Kentucky over South Carolina. I know the Vols have a good offense. Um, the Gators really rebuilding. Uh, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler gives them some excitement, but I, I like Kentucky. Uh, they've got Chris Rodriguez, running back, Will Levis, a quarterback. Um, they've got a good offensive line, even though they lost some pieces there, uh, but they're, they're plug and play offensive line and their defense is very underrated. Um, you know, last year, Georgia gave up 66 points in conference, which is ridiculous, but the next lowest in that division. Kentucky, 195. 195 to 66. That's freaking no wonder Georgia won the national championship. 66 points in eight games in conference in the SEC. That's amazing. Kentucky is my team. And then the SEC West, who the heck can beat Alabama? Well, I don't know. I'm going Ole Miss. A lot of people want to go Arkansas, KJ Jefferson. I like them. Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. I think they have a great shot. Um, at pulling a few upsets, not winning the division. Uh, Texas A&M has a shot to win the division, but I'm not really sold on them yet. Uh, even with that recruiting class, they lose a lot too. I mean, they lose a lot. Um, they lost their best running back with Devin Arcane's back and he's very good. They don't have a quarterback solution just yet. We'll see who wins that battle. Um, and defensively, they lost a ton. So I worry about Texas A&M a little bit here. Ole Miss, their defense stinks, right? Not good. Uh, second to last next to Arkansas and giving up points in their division. Uh, but the offense is fun. And with Zach Evans in there, um, Ulysses Bentley, they got wide receiver talent. Jackson Dart is a very talented kid who's going to take a step up with Lane Kiffin. Give me Ole Miss. So, there is an exciting take on sleepers. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong, but you could talk about it. Best hire since 2017. Why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? So Kirby Smart was hired as technically in 2015. First season of 2016. So I don't want to do back to 2016 because Kirby's obviously the answer. But this is kind of interesting. Like, who is the best hire in college football since 2017? So I'll go 54321 here for you. And I'm going to say Dave Aranda at Baylor is number five. He did an amazing job. When Matt Rule left and Aranda was hired, again, a first-time head coach, I thought they would fall back. And, and they did slightly. But last season, off the charts. And this guy is a tremendous coach. He's going to be probably an SEC coach, uh, head coach, once a big opening comes in. Auburn, maybe. 
cough, cough. Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss. We're talking about Ole Miss in April. That doesn't happen very often. And we're talking about Lane Kiffin all the time. That's a great hire. Plus the fact that, you know, double-digit wins certainly doesn't hurt his resume there. But he's fourth. You're going to be surprised at number one. That's why I'm counting him down this way. Ryan Day, number three, inherited a, you know, a Lamborghini, sure. But he didn't run it off the road. Recruiting has been excellent. Um, you know, on field, they've been stars. You know, they've been to the playoff, went to the championship game. They haven't broken through yet, but they will. And this could be the year. They're absolutely loaded. And he's going to win pretty much probably every game and, and go to the playoff again. Ryan Day, great choice to succeed Urban Meyer, but he's only number three because, again, handed the keys to a Lamborghini. Mel Tucker handed the keys to a, I don't know, like a Nissan Murano, like an average car, not horrible. Mark D'Antonio didn't run that program into the ground, uh, but certainly not a Lamborghini and, and the job he's done in the portal and continues to do in the portal and, and inspiring that roster. Yes. They lost by a billion points to Ohio state, but they beat Michigan and they've had some other great wins last season. They were in the playoff hunt. No one expected that in Mel Tucker's, you know, uh, second season there. So he's number two, number one, who is it? Sam Pittman is who it is. I think he's 12 and nine in his two years. And that's not impressive, but he won nine games last year. Nine games at Arkansas with that horrible schedule. First of all, 2020 schedule was ridiculously bad. And then this 2021 schedule wasn't good. I mean, he's in the, he's in the SEC West, and he won nine games. And, and what he was left, what's worse than a car? Like a scooter? Not even a scooter. Like a broken scooter. Like a scooter with one wheel. Chad Morris left him nothing. And the job he's done there is absolutely outstanding. So you talk about Aranda, who's in the you know the playoff chase, the Big Twelve chase. Link Kiffin making all the news. Ryan Day, you know, um, has been in the playoff, and, and and Mel Tucker in his playoff run last year. Sam Pittman is not making a run at the playoff. He's not going to do it this year either. But the hire is just absolutely astonishingly great. Twelve and nine. Uh, come on, they were so so bad. Don't make me go into the records because I don't want to look it up right now. And last but not least, because I'll make this quick, the teams I want to see come back to college football and be glorious again, return to their days of glory, maybe for just a little bit, maybe for one season. Michigan's off this list because they did it last year. They made the playoff, and that was exciting for college football. It was great. Listen, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan in the playoff, awesome. They got drilled, but that's fun. For college football it's not alabama it's not clemson it's not oklahoma it's not ohio state it's not the same teams every year so michigan's off this list number five penn state where you been i know you had that little issue with your sanctions and all that ridiculous horrible awfulness uh in happy valley and people say to me how could you ever want penn state to come back what an atrocity listen i'm a college football fan okay it, it was horrible and it was a long time ago, and you can't punish the current administration, staff, players by hating them forever. You can if you want, but I don't think you should. Penn State has won a national title in a very long time. They got robbed of the playoff uh, when Ohio State went a few years ago when, they, when Penn State won the Big Ten. But let's see them back in the playoff. That would be pretty cool with those boring uniforms and those iconically white boring helmets. Texas, number four. Now they've been 
to the national championships as recently as 2009. So they're probably uh, all the teams you think they're the one who's won a national championship most recently, but they've fallen so far and it's been so ridiculous. And there's such a huge program with such a great recruiting advantage that there's absolutely no way on earth that they should be this bad losing to Kansas at home, having a losing season, not going to a bowl. It's embarrassing. We need Texas back. You know, Oklahoma's great. Fun to have them in the playoff. Fun to watch. Lincoln Riley leaving. Brent Venables will do a good job there. But Texas, get back. Nebraska. Now, Nebraska may be dead. They may be dead. They haven't sniffed, uh, you know, a national title or playoff run in forever. You know, they had Bo Pelini winning nine games a year, which was good. But the, the glory days of Tom Osborne are so far away and removed and they have not been a competitive football team over the last few coaches. So they're also in this world of recruiting in just a dead area. I mean, it's just not a good recruiting territory. Texas has Texas, Penn State has the East Coast and Pennsylvania. Other programs have recruiting territories. They do not. They have to win every battle on the road pretty much. So they may be dead forever. I don't know, but I'd like to see them back. Their fan base is ridiculous. If they made a playoff run, it would be off the hook. Tennessee is my number two. If they made a playoff run, it'd be off the hook too. Now their fans are a little bit different. They're rabid as heck, a little bit outrageous, a little crazy sometimes. Um, but it would be fun to see the Vols, you know, sort of reemerge. Remember when they fired Philip Fulmer? They probably shouldn't have done that. And that was a long time ago. And they haven't been close to being good since as far as, you know, winning the SEC division or overall title. They need to be back. I think they're moving in a positive direction. Now, again, they're in the same division as Georgia. Florida's down. Georgia's going nowhere. So will they break through anytime soon? I don't know. But at least they're not in the SEC West. So that's a good thing, right? And then Miami. That's my number one. Everybody's like guessing. Is it Miami? Is it USC? USC needs to be back for college football needs to because Pac-12 is irrelevant. So they need USC. And geographically, we need a West Coast team. But I want to see Miami. I started watching college football back in the day when Miami and Bernie Kosar and those guys were just awesome and fun to watch. And then obviously through, you know, the 1990s, uh, early 2000s, just a dominant football program, fatigues and, you know, first rounders everywhere and just fun. And then Larry Coker took over. He won his national title and ran the program down. And then bad hire, bad hire, bad hire. They got a good hire now, Mario Cristobal. And I think they will be back up. If he can't do it, then just pack it up because he's the guy. He's a Miami guy. He recruits as well as anybody. If he can't get it done, the Canes have to probably just say, okay, we're going group of five because this is embarrassing to us. But those are the teams that I want to see back. This is my first podcast. I really appreciate everybody tuning in, all the support I've gotten. You know, it's not easy being me. So much hate. But I think it's pretty fun to be creative and, and allowed to do what I want to do. So I thank you for tuning in. I didn't even tell you the name of the show. Should have said it up front, but there's graphics and stuff. Mike Farrell Sports. How original is that? I nailed it. Nailed it. Thought of it for days. The Mike Farrell Sports Show. Nailed it. And I appreciate all of you. If you want to advertise, 
contact us. Uh, if you want to be on the show, right? If you're a former football player who was really good or a former coach who had a really good football player, we could talk all recruiting stuff or your current player or you're uh, getting ready for the NFL draft or you're draft eligible next year. You just want to chop it up with me because I'm super fun. Hit me up. M Barrel Sports on Twitter. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.